What's up, fanboys and fangirls? Welcome to another Review Point podcast coming to you from fanboysanonymous.com. I am your host, as always, Tony Mango, and my target to review for this edition, great choice of words when it comes to that, is the latest in the line of Marvel Netflix series. This one is season one of The Punisher. So, more than ever, we're doing something based off of guns, and uh, the Review Point gimmick worked pretty well with this. If you don't know what it is, basically I break down my review as far as what I liked and what I didn't like, which I hereby refer to as hits and misses. And if you want to know some of the more in-depth things, you can check out something that I had done earlier while I was binging all 13 episodes, which was just a live stream of, you know, stream of consciousness and my thoughts of whatever I was thinking while I was watching these episodes. So since I talked about some of the stuff there, I'm not going to go back and talk about everything all over again, but I will try to keep it pretty simple. Uh, Later on, I will be doing spoilers, so uh, we have to take care of a non-spoiler version of that before we do that, but that's essentially what's going to break this down to. So, as I just mentioned a second ago, this is going to be the non-spoiler section of this. Should you watch it? Should you skip it? I would say watch it, but I want to warn everybody ahead of time, if you are of the mindset that It's hard to binge these shows. I found this one pretty hard to binge, but I did like it better than Iron Fist, and I did like it better than The Defenders, and for the most part, I liked it better than Jessica Jones, although Jessica Jones had a little bit different pacing on different things and stuff. This was a much easier one to digest if you are not a big superhero fan, and if you're not, then you probably aren't interested in this to begin with, but if you're somebody who's a fan of, like, you know, like the Sons of Anarchy type shows and stuff, then this is more your speed. Uh, As far as some of the pluses and minuses uh, in a non-spoiler way, if you liked John Bernthal's Frank Castle the first time around, he's just the same, if not better, this time around. A lot of the supporting characters are good. A lot of them are really just kind of there, and they kind of suck. (laughs) Uh, Some of them being... I wasn't the biggest fan of the villain for the most part. Well, one of the villains, the other one I was a big, big fan of. And it it sort of has like this mesh of really good characters, okay characters, kind of shitty characters. So it boils down to being pretty good overall. Not my favorite. I still think that the Punisher stuff from Daredevil might be my favorite thing or the first season of Daredevil just in general. And I liked maybe the first half of Luke Cage right up there at the top too. So those are my rankings as far as that's concerned. But I do say you should probably see this, but you shouldn't binge it. You should watch it one or two episodes at a time and go through it for a weekend or maybe a full week if you don't have the time or something like that. But don't just sit down and try to watch all 13. I couldn't actually do it this time around. Normally, I try to go from start to finish at 3 a.m. onward. And I found myself just way too tired. By episode five, I was sitting there going, you know what? I think I'm just going to bail out for a little bit. Went to sleep for a couple of hours and uh, picked it right back up and kind of took it from there. So now it's uh, the time where I need to go into spoilers. So warning, uh, if you have not seen the the, uh, TV show yet and you don't want to know what happens other than the fact that Punisher kills people, because that's pretty much what happens over and over and over again then bookmark this, go watch it, then come back a little bit later on. And if you don't care about spoilers, continue on, and maybe that'll be the judgment call of whether or not you want to watch it or you want to skip it or whatever the case may be. But warning, spoilers from here on out. So, 
One of the biggest hits, of course, Frank Castle. Uh, I can't really talk too much about that because it's just, if you like them, you like them. If you don't, you don't probably. He's the Punisher. If you know the character of the Punisher, then you know what you're going to get. John Bernthal is great. The only thing I don't like about him is his haircut. So <laughs> everything else, awesome. I love how he is like this grunting type of person because that's different from a lot of the other heroes that we've been seeing. So it makes him stand out a little bit. And his characterization is just exactly the way that the Punisher should be. There's almost no better interpretation of a character than what we've gotten with Bernthal's Frank Castle. I love the angle of all the PTSD stuff. A lot of attention given to that this time. And it's weird that this is one of those scenarios where I know that they didn't plan this necessarily, but there was a whole situation with a Las Vegas shooting. And of course they didn't plan this because they didn't plan the shooting, but there's been so many domestic terrorist kind of situations that they knew going into this, they couldn't take a stance that felt like it was pro vigilante too much. So they needed to put some things in there that were going to be offsetting that a little bit. And one of my favorite things about this was how they approached the PTSD topic and the mental health topic without taking one side, both sides and some of the gray areas in between were all pretty much addressed. You take a character like Curtis. He has been dealing with some problems. Curtis is one of my favorite characters, by the way, big hit. He has dealt with a bunch of problems. He's had his nightmares. He had lost a leg, but he's approaching this all through a mindset of that. You can heal and you can move on. And that's the best way that you can really go about that. Then you get somebody like Lewis. Lewis, of course, totally on the opposite side of the spectrum. He was another great character. I really dug that, but I didn't... I'll get to this a little bit later, but I'll just pepper it in right now. I didn't like the pacing necessarily when it comes to that. Again, I'll mention it later. Lewis's character being the type of person who feels like they have no purpose unless they're in war and that they're disillusioned with the way that everything turned out and that things should go back to that kind of wartime mentality, they do end up a lot of the times struggling with the same kind of problems. Like they had the scenes where he can't sleep and he ends up digging that hole and trying to sleep in there because it's more comfortable with him. That stuff was deep and powerful and impactful. And having him in that one scene, one of my favorite scenes of this whole season was the bomb scene in the kitchen where they, uh, you know, he's kind of nodding his head to tell Karen whether or not she should pull the certain uh, wires and some different things like that. And then he, Lewis ends up just killing himself because what do you do at that point? I mean, you're a criminal, you're a murderer, and you hate your life. And that sucks. Uh, his whole dealing with O'Connor, too, is another thing that you see these kind of things happening. People like an O'Connor. And you hate these characters because they're horrible but there's a little bit of sympathy to somebody like a lewis but at the same time you go yeah you know what but you're you're still the bad guy and that's what it boils down to you killed a bunch of people that shouldn't have been killed you're the bad guy it doesn't matter what cause or if you didn't get the proper help or something like that you still are the bad guy then on the opposite side of the whole argument when it comes to that you got people where it's like the senator and I've, let me not get too political here, but I'm somebody who believes that it's bullshit that people can get their hands on firearms. I think that 
at most, there should only be like handguns and rifles and such that are sold. I think that if you are somebody who like you live in an area, I don't know, say like Montana, where like a cougar can pop up in your backyard at any time, you're probably going to have a shotgun or a rifle or something like that to be able to protect your family, right? If your bear fucking shows up in North Dakota and starts eating out of your trash and you think that it's going to eat your kid, you're going to want to have a gun. But if you're living in the middle of New York, you don't need a goddamn Uzi. And the way that people buy this kind of shit, it, it just it doesn't make any sense to me. I know that that's going to upset some people because some people are very pro-gun. Some people have the mentality that they think if more people had guns that would be able to protect the other people and we can get to do a whole big discussion of, yeah, well, you know, when's the last time that you saw a big mass shooting like the Las Vegas thing and a lot of people got saved because somebody else had a gun. It's a whole big thing. But taking myself out of the equation, I like how they took cops that were dirty. They took uh, military people that were dirty. They took cops that were good, military people that were good, civilians that were both. You look at Karen. Karen's got a gun. She's a civilian. She's never been in the military. She's not a cop, yet she used her gun for self-defense purely, except for the fact that she had originally killed uh, Wesley, R.I.P. Wesley, one of my favorite characters. Uh, that was a self-defense type of thing, but you know that there's a whole other argument when it comes to that. You got characters like Billy Russo, who is a despicable person and one of the best characters of the whole thing. Big fan of Ben Barnes playing that character. Different from the comics. So that was something that was originally a little bit off-putting, but he ended up turning into Jigsaw at the end. He fulfilled pretty much all the roles that he needed to. It's a little bit too standard for him to be like the best friend, practically a brother, and that's the main arch enemy type of thing. But okay, you know, it's a simple story that always works. Micro, one of my favorite characters as well. His kids, meh. I didn't really like the the son all that much, and the daughter really didn't do too much, so, yeah, okay. Write them however you want to write them. And I did like Sarah for the most part, even though they went to the well of uh, Frank offers to fix something around the house just a little bit too many times. It must have been like nine or ten times that that happened, so I'm curious why they couldn't have thought of anything else for him to do. But Micro himself and his whole storyline with the kids and Sarah and hiding from his family and the interactions between he and Frank... One of my favorite things, I was really getting upset at the end there going, man, if they fucking kill him off, that's going to be so bad because Punisher Warzone made that mistake. I actually liked Wayne Knight playing the microchip part. That's another thing too. Micro, microchip. I'm okay with micro, but I would have rather had them at least throw a microchip out there at some point because that is from the comics and such, but okay. Uh yeah, they kill off a uh, micro in that movie, and it's just sort of like, meh, I guess we're just going to kill him. I am very surprised that we didn't see some other characters that are a little bit more on the regular for Punisher. Like, we didn't get the Russian, and we didn't get, um, oh god, what's his name? Uh, Soap, I think? The detective? I, I thought that that would have ended up being another character. Maybe it isn't Soap. I'm going to try to look that up real quick. Yeah, Martin Soap. I'm surprised that we didn't get him, and uh, I thought that we w- might get, uh, oh god, what's her name? Now I'm blanking on her name. Ma uh, Nucci. Yeah, Ma, Ma Nucci. I thought that maybe she would pop up at some point. I actually thought that maybe 
that would be Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio's character, that it would be some kind of like tie into that kind of a thing, which by the way, that was one of my misses. Uh, I wanted more out of her and we didn't get it. So that was disappointing. As far as some of the other cop stuff goes, uh, Rafi, meh, okay, he was fine. Not really a hit, not really a miss. Sam Stein, sort of the same thing, sort of okay. I got a little bit tired of him at certain points. I know that he was supposed to be like the the, the funny type of uh, side guy, but I didn't like him as much as I thought that I was supposed to like him. Dina Madani was somebody who went a little bit here and there throughout the whole thing. For the most part, I liked her. I would put her in the hit ca- uh, category and that's not just because of the sex scenes, <laughs> uh, but she served her purpose pretty well as like the straightforward type of cop. Really glad that Turk popped up. A big fan of Turk. Really surprised that there weren't any scenes with Claire at all. That's a miss for me because Claire should have popped up at least once. And maybe she wasn't the biggest person who was tied into the Punisher and they thought that using Karen instead was better, but I don't know, maybe like one quick thing where like, it got to a point where when they were saying that somebody needed to help Frank and that they didn't want to go to the cops and such, I was like, oh, this is going to be where they just uh, throw Claire in and she stitches him up like they do with all the other ones. And nope. Uh, The woman who plays, uh, not Claire's, uh, Dina's mom I don't know how to pronounce her name. She was in Star Trek and she was in X-Men The Last Stand. She's always great. So I liked her as a supporting character in her five or six scenes she was in. Rollins as the villain. Uh, he was he was pretty good, but he was kind of a just generic oversight bad guy. So not a whole lot to sink your teeth into. That other dude, the one with the fetish, the sex fetish. I I actually got him and Rollins confused at one point, so that was kind of a downside. I'm putting another miss on the fact that we didn't get any references at all that made me feel like this was tied into the bigger picture of the MCU. I mean, they're usually pretty good at throwing out references to stuff. They say, like, you know, the big guy with the hammer fell from the sky, or they say the incident and the Battle of New York. This time around, they just said 9-11. So it almost seems like they're purposely distancing themselves. And I hate that about this because this Punisher should be in the same universe as Iron Man and Captain America and all that. And I know that they're not going to reference anything like Thanos because that hasn't happened yet. And they can't do something with like Thor Ragnarok because it's on a completely different planet and everything. But it would still be nice to have something out there. Maybe in one conversation, somebody just says, you know, the differences between the vigilantes and whatever. We've got vigilantes now that are uh, murderers like Punisher. Then we got vigilantes all the way up into the atmosphere like Captain America, where they're polar opposites of vigilantes, but they're still vigilantes. The Sokovia Accords, blah, 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 blah. That would have been sufficient for me, you know? But they just don't seem like they want to do that. And uh, I think another negative is... I got tired of the sleepyhead scenes, a little bit too many of those over and over again, where it was just Maria kissing Frank in bed saying, wake up sleepyhead and then getting shot. Like I get that they really needed to beat that down in your head, but it was like that the whole story is built around that. We know that that happened. You don't need to show it over and over again. So that got a little bit boring and it got to a point where I was starting to just sort of like, as soon as they would start having one of those flashback things, I would start working on something and I would just, 
tune out basically, whether I was like checking my phone or, uh, you know, reading, um, something on the internet real quick or something like that. I, I stopped watching them at some point. So overdone when it comes to that pacing wise, this is my biggest, uh, criticism, I guess you could say these shows all suffer from this. Every single one of these shows has felt like it could be half of the show. And I think that this is something that they really need to address when they start moving everything over from Netflix and they start doing to whatever the Disney platform is that they've got. I think that they need to stop doing 13 episode arcs. Six episode arcs seem to be great. And you take something like Lewis. I mentioned this earlier. Lewis's story, I think works better if it's not interwoven with all the other stuff necessarily, because it felt like it was sidetracked. Like they just kept going into this whole thing with Rollins and Rollins and Rollins. And then it was like, Oh wait, we got to deal with this Lewis dude real quick for two episodes. And then now we go back to the Rollins stuff that is bothersome. Cause I feel like that could have been a good six episode arc on its own. And maybe some other lesser stories that were kind of peppered in there. Like if you're doing a six episode arc and Lewis is the main bad guy and, you know, you can't just immediately have him go straight to fighting Lewis, then you have Punisher hunting down some other mafia people in the meantime or something like that. And he's going to these meetings that Curtis is running and then they start kind of interweaving the storylines like that. But it's six episodes and you focus on it and then you deal with it and it's out of the way. I think that that would work better. And I think that what would also be nicer is if they kind of did shorter recordings and filmings and such where you could do six episodes of Daredevil and then two months later you could do six episodes of Jessica Jones and two months later six episodes of Luke Cage and two months later six episodes of Iron Fist and then, you know, do that kind of a thing. Instead of doing big lump sums of 13 episodes twice a year or three times a year, you're going to get a season a piece of everybody and that'll hold you over a little bit. And that would be, I think a better option. And I mean, they're not listening to this, so it's not going to work necessarily, but I think that that would be a lot better. And the pacing hurts it when it comes to this, because then I always feel like when we're dealing with something like Dina talking to her mom, it's supposed to be setting up more about Dina, but you know what? I get to know more about Dina through the storylines that are interacting with her and Frank or her and Micro or her and the other characters more than when she's just talking to her mom. I know they want to invest in these characters. I know they want to give everybody the right amount of time. And I know that they're stalling. And at the end of the day, I look at that and I go, if they would have had six episodes, I would have gotten it done earlier. I could have moved on to the next thing I have to work on. And I would have been just as satisfied and not felt like you needed to stretch things out. Oh, real quick, another thing, uh, another miss. Uh, the opening music and really just all the music for the most part, just bland background stuff. Or it stood out as weird because there were some weird choices of music too. But the grand scheme of things, what this is all sort of what I could do is, as far as a wrap up goes. If you like the Punisher character, you're going to probably like this show. And you should definitely see this. You would consider it a hit. They did a lot of things really, really well. Uh, the violence was just as uh, violent as it should have been. So they didn't hold back on that. Uh, 
and I liked it. I think it could have been a little bit better, and I, I'm not disappointed with it the way that I was if you checked out my last review with Justice League, where I liked that too to a certain extent, but I thought that it could have been better. That one had more potential that they didn't capitalize on. This one, they capitalized on more of the potential, but the difference between Justice League is that's about a 70% instead of an 100%. This is about an 90% instead of 100%. So it's definitely a hit. Definitely check it out. Not my favorite season overall, but many, many things that I liked about it. I just hope that next season, if we do get a next season, we've got, we don't follow Dina as much. I think that we need Micro and we need Punisher and a little bit of Dina, a little bit of Curtis, a little bit of Karen, maybe, but we don't need Karen in the future. Uh, I would like to see some of the other characters from the comics. Of course, Jigsaw has to be the main villain for the most part. And I'd like to see where they go from here. But next time around, don't do so many flashbacks. Don't waste my time. And get me to uh, Punisher being Punisher a little bit quicker in certain capacities like that. Do the rest of it the same. You got an A+. So overall, you got an A. If not, an A+. Good job, Marvel. Huge step around. It's not step around. A huge uh, turnaround from Iron Fist and the Defenders. Because those two were just awful. And this one was good. This one was very, very good. So I liked it a lot. Hit as far as I'm concerned, but I want to know what you guys have to say. What are the things that you liked and what you disliked about it? Tell me in the comments section below. Remember, go back and check out the stream of consciousness thoughts that I had. I already recapped some of it, but you can go ahead and check out how hungry I got through uh, watching this and stuff. And make sure that you hit your subscribe button on YouTube. Check off that little thing saying that you want notifications to be aware of the next video that I post up on here, where if you're listening to this on iTunes or Stitcher, then you can follow us on Facebook and on Twitter. Facebook is facebook.com slash fanboysanonymous. Twitter is twitter.com slash fanboysanon, A-N-O-N. Of course, always fanboysanonymous.com for all the content itself is always going to be posted on there. And that's going to do me in. So I want to thank you all for listening to this. I will see you next time. Time for me to geek out. Adios, everybody.